Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you, and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orris, and today we'll be talking about the films Power Rangers, The Boss Baby, The Zookeeper's Wife, and also, we're going to be talking about the event, the Atlanta Film Festival. But right now, we're going to start off the show talking about the new Power Rangers film. We're going to be talking to Arjun, who is in Nashville and is 16. Arjun, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Fantastic. So what did you think about the new Power Rangers film? Personally, going in, I thought it was going to be like a disappointment. Like, these things usually don't turn out well. But I was surprised by how much effort they put in and, like, how much, like, how the, how much effort the actors put into their roles and like you you care for each of the characters and overall I came out really liking the movie. Now for me, I think one of the biggest parts of the movie that could have been improved on was the story. But for viewers who don't know what the plot is, can you quickly tell the plot? So the plot is is um there are these um five teenagers Jason, Kimberly, Billy, Zach, and Trini, and they're all sort of like misfits at like high school. They have rough lives, and they they kind of meet at this like sort of mining area, and they find these they find these five stones, which are the stones of a of the Power Rangers, who are an ancient order of beings who protected the Earth. And of course, there's a new threat known as Rita Repulsa is going to come to Earth, and um, these five uh, teenagers must train to be Power Rangers and protect Earth from Rita Repulsa. And by the way, uh, Jason is played by Dakre Montgomery. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Kimberly is played by Naomi Scott. Billy is played by R.J. Segler. Zach is played by Ludi Lin, and Trini is played by Becky G. So, Arjun, what did you think of the plot? Like, did you enjoy? Did you think it could have been shorter? What did you think? So I think like all the character moments were really well done. Like like you said, it's it's kind of like a simplistic plot. I mean, there's not like too, in a way which is good. There's not like too much going on, but you definitely like don't want to watch this movie if you're expecting a mind blowing story. But if you're expecting like a good like fun like like time with action and like character moments, definitely this um, satisfied me. Now I want to ask you something. What did you think about Rita Repulsa, who was the villain in the film, and she was played by Elizabeth Banks? What did you think about her as a villain? Okay, so this is the one character I didn't really like as much, because, like, at first she seems really menacing. It almost feels like a horror movie when you're introduced to her, and I liked it initially. Then she does this over-the-top, like, with this over-exaggerated accent, and I found myself, like, laughing at times when I shouldn't be laughing, you know. So... That was honestly, like, my only flaw with the movie was Rita Repulsa. I just didn't really like how she was portrayed. Yeah, I definitely think she could have been improved, but I agree with you. I love the horrific aspect they gave her, which was just so genius. Speaking of horrific aspects, what do you think about the acting? Do you think it was horrific, or do you think it was wonderful? No, I think the acting was, like, wonderful. Like, the, the teenagers, they really put their, like, best into the role. Like, you really care for them. You can see, like, how they have rough lives. And, like, in a way, like, you know, Kimberly just wants to leave and, like, go to some place. So, like, in a way, it is really emotional, yet there's still a lot of, like, comic relief from, say, like, Billy, who is my favorite character in the movie. Just the comic relief was on point. And you really care for all these characters by the end. 
Now, Billy was also my favorite character, and he seems to be a popular one. Do you think that Billy, who is the Blue Ranger, kind of stole the show from who was supposed to be the captain, the Red Ranger? I wouldn't say that he stole the show, even though he's my favorite character, because even the Red Ranger, like, he had his, he had his like, moments in the story. So, like, I, I wouldn't say he stole the show, but, yeah, he definitely did, like, in terms of co- comedic relief and all, obviously, he stole the show there. I definitely agree with that. Now, what do you think about the cinematography? Because that really stood out to me when I was watching it. So I think it was a well filmed for the most part. Some of the shaky cam aspects did annoy me for a little bit, but there wasn't really much of it. But like the the final action scenes against Rita Repulsa, those were beautifully shot with with like them and their like um, mechs. I really enjoyed the scenes. Uh, speaking of the action scenes, what did you think about the special effects? Because Power Rangers throughout its entire life had a lot of special effects to make the giant monsters and the aliens that they were all fighting. I think the special effects were actually really good because, like, you know, all these uh, costumes for the Rangers, like, they look real and, like, there's really good detail in, like, the costumes of the Rangers. And, of course, like, Goldar, you can, like, see the, the detail of the gold and, like, the mech suits looked beautiful and they're just touching the ground. Like it looked, it all looked really real. It never looked like too fake or like CGI. You're listening to Kids vs. Contractions and right now we're talking to Arjun about the brand new reboot of Power Rangers. We were speaking about the costumes and the special effects and Arjun were saying how the costumes and the special effects it looked really great, it looked very detailed, it looked realistic. And Arjun, I have to say, I kind of disagree with the special effects. I thought it could have been improved, but the costumes, I have to agree. They just look spectacular now you mentioned your favorite character who is billy the blue ranger but what is your favorite scene okay so my favorite scene is um uh, the scene in the end with like the like the the big action scene in the end basically where they're they're going in their mech suits and then the power rangers theme plays and makes all the fans nostalgic and of course like they're, they're just like fighting rita repulsa it was just really exciting and it was sort of what the movie is culminating to and i thought it really delivered yeah, and something I liked is you didn't get that throughout the whole film. You only got that at the end. Like, it was building up to that moment. So, how many stars would you give this film? I would personally give this a 4.5 out of 5 stars. I was really surprised by the movie, and I definitely re- recommend this movie. And why not 5 out of 5 stars? Because uh, of Rita Repulsa, mainly. It was just like... I found her to be just super cheesy. I mean, she's supposed to be a cheesy character, but there were moments where she was supposed to be terrifying, and she's yelling out, like, Krispy Kremes. I mean, eee. Yeah, I did think that could have been improved on, but overall, you'd say it's a good film. Yeah, definitely. Now, my next question is, what do you think about the soundtrack? Because, of course, you have the Power Rangers song, which is a classic song, but other than that, what do you think of the background soundtrack? I wouldn't say it, like too much stands out but it of course like fits the tune of the movie and there's there's some like when they when they initially team up there's like that really exciting build-up music and then you of course get the power rangers theme song but i wouldn't say the music um particularly stand out but it was it was well made for like the film something else that stood out to me was there was a lot of moments where you could see this big extravagant sets when they're in a ravine or they're in the giant cave so what did you think about the set design I think the set design was really good when they're like when they reach the cave and it's like sort of like underwater I could say and it it, it just looked beautiful like, especially when they like first find the stones and all like they're they're just all like underground and you they like 
they're like lighting up. I, I just really like the look of the stones too. And I, I think it was really good how they set it in Angel's Grove. Like it was sort of set in like this set area, but it, it really shines. I definitely agree. Now I have a very tough question for you. Would you say this is your favorite Power Rangers film ever, or would you say that there are better ones? I, so personally, I haven't really watched all of the Power Rangers movies. I've seen like episodes of the TV show when I was young, but I, I would say like so far, I mean, out of all the movies they probably released, this would have probably been my favorite because it was, it was like the most well-made out of all of them, but yeah. And I felt like the this version of Power Rangers was a little bit more mature. So what age rating would you give this film and why? I would say it would be 10 to 18, cause mainly because of like maybe the mature situations faced by the characters and definitely some of the intense action, like especially in the scenes when Rita Repulsa is there. And also, I did notice some language here and there, but I wouldn't say it's too bad for like ages 10 and above. And since this is a Power Rangers film, do you think a person needs to be a Power Rangers film to enjoy and understand this movie? Or do you think they could have never heard of Power Rangers and fully comprehend this movie and enjoy it? I think, like, any audience can watch this. Sure, they may not pick up on, like, the Power Rangers fan service, but, like, I think they would still enjoy this regardless. Now, since this is a reboot, I want to ask you, what do you think about this kind of spree of reboots that Hollywood has been doing the last decade or so, that instead of creating stories, they're just taking old ones and recreating them with newer technology? What do you think about that kind of uh, spree? Okay, that was the main reason why I initially just didn't, like, go in, like, really excited for this movie, because all of the reboots I've seen before, like, the, the Amazing Spider-Man, none of them were particularly good, but I think this one is really good. They could start a franchise with this, which is really, which I think they are starting a franchise with this, and I think it could take the Power Rangers series to new heights. Yeah, I definitely agree, and it does look like they're going to be doing a sequel. No spoilers, but it does definitely look like they're going to be doing a sequel based off the ending. Well, thank you, Arjun. Thank you so much for talking to me about the brand new Power Rangers film. You're welcome. And for our viewers, if you would like to check out the film, it's now in theaters near you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Contractions, and this show is sponsored by Dino Dan. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You 
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Go, go, Critic Rangers! Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about the wonderful Power Rangers movie. We're going to continue this show by talking about The Boss Baby, The Zookeeper's Wife, and the Atlanta Film Festival. Right now, I'm with Callista talking about The Boss Baby, DreamWorks' new film. Thank you very much, Callista, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure this is going to be fun. This is, oh, yeah, we always have a fun time here. But speaking of fun, I heard a lot about The Boss Baby. I heard a lot of people enjoyed it, and it was a funny movie. What did you think about the film? I mean, I thought I thought it definitely surprised me because I saw all the trailers, which were everywhere, and I thought eh, maybe I'll see this, but I don't know. This doesn't look that interesting. But I eventually decided, you know what? Eh, maybe give it a shot, and it was actually way better than I expected. I thought it was just gonna, you know, just be something I enjoyed and just leave it at that. But no, it was really good. See, I feel like Dreamless goes through a period of time where it's like for every boss baby or like trolls we get uh how to train a dragon or kung fu panda they're like the grand epic so like we have to wait a couple of years to get like the ones we really want because i'm excited for how to train dragon three and mm-hmm. in the middle we get trolls and boss baby which are good movies but they're cute they're not the grand epic dreamwork yeah i have to admit i do think that like this movie is good but then you got your How to Train Your Dragons and, uh, like, Kung Fu Panda 3, which I, right now, is my favorite uh, DreamWorks movie. Yeah. So, I no. mean, it's like, and then there are some times where it's like, like, DreamWorks, it's, it's I consider DreamWorks to be sort of a, a hit or miss uh, company. And this one, I think, is a hit. Definitely. No, I feel like DreamWorks is, is a very heavy contender against all, well, not against, but, like, Run um, with the other animation companies. DreamWorks is a fantastic animation company with, with new innovations and 3D technology. But this film played up for laughs, I hear. So tell us a little bit about the comedy and what you thought of it. I mean, to be fair, though, this the comedy in this was pretty good. I was, I, I actually, there was one point where I was laughing so hard, I was actually, like, people in the theater were actually giving me, like, death glares, including my mom, and I just, no. just slowly start, start, like, uh, being quiet, but I mean, it's like, they made a joke about baby Jesus, and jokes like that, I don't know why, but I can't, really? like, handle it, <laughs> no, because, like, it's the scene where, it's, um, okay, for those who haven't seen the movie yet, it's the scene where it's, like, the brother just finds out that the baby can talk, and he just goes, are you the baby Jesus? And Alec Baldwin is acting all sarcastic from it. I don't know why, but just throw Alec Baldwin and like give Alec Baldwin's voice to a talking business-like baby. And that will just make me laugh for like two hours straight. No, Alec Baldwin's hilarious. I love him on SNL and he's a very same guy. Very capable actor, but he can do comedy very well, especially in this film. And him playing a businessman. He's played businessman in many films. I feel like this movie is kind of him making fun of the characters he's played in the past. It's like a parody above, uh, of that. So that's why I think it's very compelling. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Alec Baldwin's voice, fun fact. This is the third DreamWorks movie he's done. The other two were Madagascar 2 and Rise of the Guardians, I think. Definitely. Oh my gosh, I forgot they did Rise of the Guardians. 
oh, such an underrated DreamWorks film. Oh, no boy. one ever talks about that. And I actually kind of like, I actually thought it was pretty good. Oh, it's one of the best DreamWorks films. Anyway, sorry, we're getting into it like a DreamWorks conversation, but I know. Like, get into it like love DreamWorks. DreamWorks is such a good yeah. Oh. If you can't tell, we really like DreamWorks. No, DreamWorks is great. Also, DreamWorks, if you're listening, we love Boss Baby. But uh, can you do a can you do a Rise of the Guardians two, please? Can we make or Thor two? So, yeah, please. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> while you're making How to Train Dragon thing. But anyway, yeah, no. Uh, it's Alec Baldwin's a very hilarious comedian, and when I hear him in his voice, it's he's pretty funny. He mm-hmm. gets some good laughs. Even the kid's pretty funny in this film as well. I hear. Yeah. Um. I mean, to be fair though, it's like both. The kid and the baby are both very funny characters, and they're both very likable, but I mean, it's like, it, I'm not even going to try and be subtle. It's Alec Baldwin who steals the show. And that usually happens, but it's nice that they got a kid actor to play, to voice the I role. I know. That is one thing I hate in media, when they like have like a very young character, like, you know it's a little kid, and they get like some like 40-something-year-old actor to play him. No, definitely. Yeah, I. It's just a fun role, and it's nice that they actually got some um, appropriate actors to be in it. And Toby McGuire voices is narrator of it, but yeah, it's a fun film. It seems like you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Dino Dan. We're going to continue the show talking about the Atlantic Film Festival, Zookeeper's Wife, and we're going to talk to Calista more about Boss Baby. So tell us about because this film. I hear has actually a very powerful message that was kind of was surprising to me. So tell me what the message is and if you felt it as powerful as from what I've heard. So the message of this movie is that like there is no there is enough love to go around for everyone because like I, they showed it in the trailers how like the business how like the babies have like this pie chart of like um like grading like how much love people are getting and they're like fighting over it and then like it's the brother who tells them that there's enough love to go around like they don't need to be competing for it which i thought was actually like really adorable i i heard a lot about like it's about keeping imagination and always having a little kid inside there's a lot of that too like there's a lot of the whole imagination thing but it but i mean it's like it is more about the relationship between the brother and the baby I won't spoil the ending, but it was very adorable. Well, I feel like a lot of us can relate to it about having like a small, a little sibling, and it's just like you're the center of attention, only child, and then you get this like, who's this drooling kid over here? And they yeah, well, I feel like a lot of people can well, relate. I mean, to I can't really relate because I'm an only child, but I mean, I have two of my best friends do have little brothers, so I guess, and I do watch a lot of TV where the characters have siblings, so. That's my only way of relating. Well, I'm the youngest out of my siblings, so uh, they can, they can, they understand that I can be a little bit of a center of attention too much. But yeah, I'm the youngest out of my siblings, which there's some horror stories. But this film also has some really good animation as well, because as we mentioned before, DreamWorks is amazing with its animation. So tell us a bit how it plays in here. I definitely feel like this anime. Look. I notice that, like, sometimes the animation changes a little between Disney films, uh, not Disney films, DreamWorks films, where it's, like, there are certain aspects of the animation that sort of help to determine, like, okay, that one is to sort of help determine, like, which 
DreamWorks film is which. I mean, it's like, I, I definitely feel like this doesn't have the animation of, like, How to Train Your Dragon or Kung Fu Panda 3, which, again, are amazingly animated. But it definitely does have more of a... Well, I feel like with stuff like Kung Fu Panda 3, it's trying to be more, like, based on, like, how... It's, it's trying to have sort of, like, a Chinese... I think it's Chinese. Yeah, Chinese, um, like, inspired style. Really? And then how to... Tra- well, I don't know why, but that's what I saw in it. I feel like it's trying to be a little bit inspired by, like, landscapes. Okay. Like, I feel like How to Train Your Dragon and um, Kung Fu Panda 3, like, and, Kung Fu, and the Kung Fu Panda movies, like, I feel like they... I can definitely feel like how they were trying a lot with the landscapes. But I feel like this one is more focused on... I, well, I mean, it's like... The animation is definitely feel like it's more trying to be focusing on comedy and just ex- I feel like uh, sometimes the expressions are really good so well definitely with Kung Fu Panda it's the uh, I, I get where you're coming from with the kind of Chinese elements of course with the stylistic but How to Train Your Dragon is interesting again of, of course a Nordic of course Viking vibe from it but well, yes go on well I was saying I was like with the landscapes and I feel like they tried well with the humans I feel like they didn't try as much with the humans, but the dragons, they, I can, I felt like more effort with the dragons. Definitely. And I this mean, one, to be fair though, they were the center of attention. Of so course. it made sense. I, I would agree. And this one, well, comparing it to the other DreamWorks film, this one, it looks like, as you were saying, it's very focused on comedy and the accentuation of faces and slapstick, if I'm correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, a, a lot of the comedy, it's like, sometimes it's slapstick, sometimes it's more on just random sayings and, Sometimes it's more of the fact that the whole concept is ridiculous. No, well, of course. <laughs> How's the comedy so, coming? Well, well, how would you say is the, how many stars would you give this, and what would you say is the age uh, age range for this? Um, I would give this movie a five out of five. Like, it's not the best DreamWorks film, I think, but it is definitely amazing. A, I would definitely recommend it, and. I would feel like this movie is is um, like 6 to 18, because I feel like, I know my mom enjoyed it, so I feel like older people might enjoy it as well. Great. I feel like there's some good humor in there for the adults and for the kids. I feel like it's, um, from what I've heard, a great family. Oh, yeah, they had, they had like two alcohol jokes. Oh, lovely. But uh, I'm <laughs> oblivious to the, to the kids, I'm sure. Well, I mean, they were pretty subtle, but I mean, it's like me being... A teenager, I'm like, oh, I see what they're going for. Yeah, uh, I definitely well, feel like some older people could enjoy this as well, aside from just kids. The kids so, and adults. Yeah. That's a perfect family film. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Calista, for talking about Boss Baby. This film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Dino Dan. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out 
at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking about the boss baby and power rangers we're going to continue the show talking about the atlantic film festival and right now i'm here with benjamin and first time on the show lucia from New York. She's 18 years old. We're happy to have you on the show, Lucia. So let's get right into it. Uh, let's talk about The Zookeeper's Wife. So, Benjamin, tell us about what you thought of this film. I thought it was really good. I liked it, I liked it as a historical drama, and I thought the performances were good. The directing was good. Overall, it was a good film with lots of um, redeeming qualities. I mentioned on the show before that I love films about history. Documentary filmmaking is a very powerful medium, but something about narrative film is just special when it comes to just retelling our history. So, and it's great because this seems this talks about a story that again I've never heard of, and I'm I'm glad that this film sheds light to this particular person and story. So, Lucia, tell us about what you thought of the film, particularly the performances. The performances were really amazing in terms of how intense it was. I thought it was like really great when Jessica Chastain was just like on top of everyone. She was like telling everyone what to do. If everything went wrong, she'd come up with a solution. She was basically the boss of this movie. Jessica Chastain seems to be the boss in almost every movie, especially with with her last film. She's on top of it. She definitely is. And I love this film because, uh, uh, from what I've heard of it, is that it just, it follows a time period that many of us are uh, are aware of, World War II and Nazis taking over Warsaw and and Poland. So, Benjamin, was there anything in this film that you particularly learned about that you didn't know uh, before seeing the film? I didn't know a, lot, a whole lot about the Holocaust because it's like a dark subject that you don't learn in school when you're in sixth grade. I didn't know a whole lot about it, so it provided a lot of new information. I didn't know the story in general, and I learned a lot about what Antonina and her family did to protect the Jew, the Jewish people from going to the Warsaw Ghetto. Now, this is a very touchy and very dark subject and since this film is PG-13 what was it to um, what Benjamin how did you feel this film portrayed it in a way that was of course educational and compelling as a film but like how dark is it and what should parents look out for it's fairly dark there is quite a bit of violence like animals are shot and there is some very dark themes as well like it got really dark after a while I was kind of surprised and um, I don't think there's any language but I think parents should look out for some mainly violence and just troubling themes. 
that's a good thing to watch out for. But especially, I'm glad we have films like this to depict this part of our history because some kids aren't, oh, most kids, aren't able to see films like Schindler's List or The, Pian, uh, the Pianist. Those two films are very dark and depict the same, uh, depict what's going on, but in a much darker way. So it's great that we have The Zookeeper's Wife, films such as this, to be able to show that for a bit of a broader audience. Lucia, what did you learn in this film that you didn't learn before? Of course, I never I never really learned about the, the Holocaust, but I did know about World War Two and World War One. But it was like, I'm, yeah, I never really knew about anything, but it was like really intense. I, I thought that they should have killed the animals like later on in the movie. I felt like, like the story started too early. I just I just thought it it was too early to see them die. If, if it was halfway, then I would understand. But I just thought that could have been improved. Well, I can understand that. So maybe it's just like you wanted to have a closer relationship with some of the animals in yeah. this film. But sometimes it's just they're probably going by exactly what happened. And right, that's, that's what. I, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you just can't change the things. But I understand that could be like you want to be more emotionally connected. But uh, I'm sure there's other animals in this film that we get connected to. Right, we did. We did um, with that bunny. There was Jessica Chastain was, was holding a bunny while she was talking to a girl that was shaking because she, she was just a victim of these two soldiers that were just... Of course, they blocked the scene. They... They, they they didn't want to show the scene um, where where the where the girl got like punched or I don't know but she uh, she was just shaking and then but the wonderful part about it is that Jessica Chastain was like just really she was she was warm hearted to to the girl she was she would like try to make sure that she was okay and comforting yeah comforting thank you um, wonderful. Well, it seems like that Jessica Chastain was very the, the the full power for this film because it seems like her she really takes this film. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Dino Dan. We're going to continue talking about The Zookeeper's Wife and also the Atlantic Film Festival. I'm still here with Lucia and Benjamin. So, uh, Benjamin, what would you say is your favorite part in this film? I believe it was the part when uh, the part she just mentioned um, with Jessica Chastain talking to the girl with the bunny. I thought like it really showed. I wasn't really sold on Jessica Chastain for some reason. I just didn't really connect with her character, and I didn't think she nailed the accent either. But um, it really showed how her character's personality and really to it. That was one of the scenes where I feel like Jessica Chastain really shined. Understood. Well, it seems that we have some, two different opinions about her performance. What was it that made it particularly, well, not as compelling throughout the whole film as Lucia enjoyed it? I just, I didn't feel as emotionally connected to that character. Like, I just, I didn't really know enough about her personality. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot of exposition for some of the characters like there is just she felt kind of bland at first but further in the film i started to like her a little more well that's good but did you feel empathy for any of the other characters in the film yeah i liked the um her husband i felt 
you know, both the characters, I liked the in the way it was shot, sort of like seeing how their reactions to what was going on around them in Poland. I also... So this one I wasn't connected with, but there's an evil, not evil, but like antagonistic uh, zookeeper who becomes a Nazi when they invade Poland. And you could definitely, like, you really didn't like him. So I think he did his job as more of an antagonist. Played by Daniel Brule, if if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's spectacular. I've seen him in in his other roles, and he he does a great job. He obviously plays Nazis in a lot of his his roles, but... He does a great job, though. He's a very capable actor. So, Lucia, what would you say is the age range for this film? I say the age range, um, for me personally, would be 15 to 18 because there are really intense scenes. And I also give this movie 5 out of 5 because, um, because I thought this was a really moving uh, uh, movie. And and as Benjamin and what Benjamin said um, about Jessica Chastain's accent, um, somebody told me about um, that she's that she was um, like trying to sound just like Meryl Streep's Poland accent, like she's trying to because uh, somebody told me about that, and I was like, huh, really, um, like. Like Jessica Chastain was trying to manipulate. I don't know manip- manipulate it, but um, like, try to impersonate. Well, was inspired yeah, trying to, by her. like trying to copy it. I think she was more inspired by it because, from what I'm seeing, because yes, yes, performance is very strong in this. And again, Meryl Streep is also another wonderful actress from Sophie's Choice. And yeah, well, it seems like a very interesting, riveting film. And Benjamin, how many stars would you give it? Um, I'll give it 3.5. I liked it, and I think it will teach you a new story that you probably haven't heard of. It's got good performances and lots of other qualities that make it worth seeing. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Lucia and Mitch, for talking about The Zookeeper's Wife. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. It's always great to go to movies and learn something new. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Dino Dan. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. 
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ortiz, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about a whole bunch of cool films like Power Rangers, The Boss Baby, The Zookeeper's Wife, but now we're going to be talking about an event where two of those films, The Boss Baby and The Zookeeper's Wife, played, and that is the Atlanta Film Festival. We're going to be talking to Kamai, who was 11, and lives in California. So, Kamai, tell us all about the Atlanta Film Festival. Well, since there was a little bit of damage, a fire at uh, one of the movie theaters, it was some of the movies were moved to the church, but it was still good. They made up for the lost time, and the movies were great, too. Now, there are quite a few movies playing, including, like I said, some movies we covered today, like The Boss Baby and The Zookeeper's Wife. Which type of movies did you get to see? Um, I actually got to see um, Boss Baby, and I saw a movie about how there's racism going on today, and I saw, like, two short films about that, too. Uh, do you remember their names? I think the first one was called Milwaukee 59203. Very interesting. So, what do you think is kind of the message of this film festival? Like, do you think it promotes some sort of something specific, or do you think it's just a general film festival where they just show films? Well, you know, I think it promotes the message, like, like reviewing movies can be fun, you can do this if you stick with it, and also it, it sponsors, like, the Atlanta football team, like, they were giving out posters, and for Boss Baby, they gave out, like, little ties and coloring books and stuff like that, so it helps support the movie and make it popular. Well, that's very cool. I don't think Boss Baby needs much supporting, though. It seems like it's going to be a great film. So, can you tell us about that film you saw, Milwaukee 53206? Um, sure. So, basically, the movie talks about how, in this complex area, there is people who are going to jail, and, who and there's this new law in the area where they have to spend jail time twice as much as they were sentenced to. So if you're sentenced to 30 years, they made it 60 years. And it was really sad. And by another area neighboring neighboring this uh, um, complex area, it was they didn't have the rule. They stuck the old rules. And, yeah. Well, it sounds like a very interesting concept. Did you enjoy the film? I really did enjoy the film. It was inspiring. It was a good documentary. And at the end of the film, they also had the real pe the people who had experienced uh, this come to the front of the stage, and you got to talk to them and ask some great questions. Did you learn anything interesting that you can talk about? Um. Well, I did learn something. Like, basically, this guy, he was sent to jail for two bank robberies, and he only had 25 years, but the judge was uh, actually kind of feeling mean or whatever. And they gave him, like, a lifetime sentence. And I just learned how sometimes in that area, like, life is just unfair. Yeah, it is kind of interesting how in some justice justice systems in the country, there definitely can be improvements. And I think it's very good of this film to definitely talk about that. Speaking of it, it looks like it released in 2016, so if people want to check it out, it is out now. Now, there are also a lot of more kind of seminars and classes and just different conversational kind of things going on. So did you go to any of those? Uh, no, I only saw two movies, really. I saw Boss Baby and the <clears throat> Moki 
Um, well, at the end of the boss baby thing, me and my dad came out the back door and uh, ran into the um, Xfandy Ex- company, and we got to talk to them about stuff and even take a picture and sit on their couch as you see in the commercials. Well, that's pretty interesting. Now, for the, the boss baby, what do you think is your favorite scene? Um, you know, I kind of have lots of favorite scenes, but mine's kind of in the beginning where he's just imagining stuff he and his dad do. He is he and his parents do, like when he's scoop, like when he's scuba scuba diving in the deep ocean or whatever, putting him in the bathtub, or when he's acting as a ninja. It's just him and his dinosaur just walking around a messy living room. Uh, so that's kind of like my favorite part, his imagination. Yeah, the imagination, I think, in animated films is probably one of the greatest things ever. So I'm not surprised that scene came out great. I mean, you, you, you can just do so many things in animation that you would never be able to do in live action. So that's pretty interesting. And same question for Milwaukee, uh, 53206. What is your favorite scene in that film? Uh, my favorite scene is at the end of, like, kind of midway in the movie, where this guy, where the guy's wife actually starts a campaign to wear, to to cause awareness of this problem and help stop it. And that's kind of my favorite part, because it shows someone taking action to stop wrong things in the world. Well, that seems very inspirational. So what do you think the moral is from that film? Because that does seem like a very moving film. Um, the moral would be treat everybody equally because everybody deserves the same rights. They deserve the same jail time, the same payment for things. And yeah, just treat everybody equal. Well, I think that is a fantastic moral. And how many stars do you give this film? And how many stars do you give Boss Baby? I give both films five out of five because there's really nothing wrong. Boss Baby, it was perfect. It was already going to, it was born to get a 5 out of 5 star rating. And Milwaukee 5, it really helps show awareness. It makes you want to take action. So I'll give it a 5 out of 5 stars for that. Well, thank you so much to, thank you so much, very much about talking to me about the Atlanta Film Festival and the movies you saw there. You're welcome. Thanks so much for joining us to the viewers. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases. And to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Don't forget to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post. And this show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. And today's show is sponsored by Dino Dan. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. 